Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we look at the highs and lows of each and every Prince album. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we're continuing our dive into the vault discs of 1999 Super Deluxe. We're doing the first part of vault disc number two. We got smart and set parameters for ourselves (laughs) this time. No two-hour episodes because my sanity is lost if I try and edit an episode quite that long in the time that I have available. Plus, then we don't have to feel like we have to not say the things we want to say about the songs that are available to us. All good reasons. Yes, exactly. So... Today, we're looking at the first half Yeah, tell us what we're listening to. Vault Disc 2 from 1999 Super Deluxe Edition. So we're covering the first... Six tracks, and we're going to throw a couple extras in there for you, mm-hmm. too, along the way. Yeah. Just to, you know, spice it up a little bit. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's so these right. were sequenced in chronological order, mm-hmm. according to all sources available. Uh-huh. Though we, we learned... Did, we disputed that a little bit with 1999 Vault Disc 1. Mm-hmm. There was some... There was yeah, some stuff out of there, order. There was liberties taken. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I think no, they, it doesn't. But if they're really going to say it's assembled in chronological order, I mean, why say that if it's not the case? Yeah, which it wasn't. And I don't didn't. know, man. I don't know either. It doesn't matter. But no, it doesn't. It's or, fine. I would have been fine if they had tried to arrange them like an album or whatever. Chronological is just give them a to fine me. Way to do. Yeah, just I just want the new CD. I can rearrange really, them any way I like. Really true. You got to re-e-arrange. <laughs> Wait, it's not like they're all one track on Love, oh, Love Sexy. Sexy. Well, we fixed <laughs> that long ago. W- you fixed it for me so that I didn't have to. Well, I guess you fixed it for yourself and then shared it with me. But I'm just going to say you fixed it for me because it's the sweet, loving thing that you do. That's right. <laughs> it is, isn't it like the fourth part of your marriage commitment? It's to break single track discs <laughs> Into multi-tracks so that you can listen to them as you like. I do think it was in our vows. Yep, it was. (laughs) I I remember. (laughs) All right, so shall we start? We shall. The first song, Possessed, parentheses. 1982 version. Close parentheses. I was telling you, I think, this morning. No, it was a different song, but this was on it too. There there are a handful of songs on Vault Disc 1 and Vault Disc 2 from this set. That were on the very first cassette bootleg that I ever had of Prince music. And this is one of them. So first of all, I was excited because this song was on Purple Rain Deluxe that came out Mm -hmm. in 2017. And we were all surprised to find it was a completely different version than Mm -hmm. the circulating, hissy, old-sounding thing that we had all had. So that was a huge surprise. And then to come back and get a couple years later, Uh the song we thought we were getting... On right. Purple, Purple Rain, Rain Deluxe yeah. on 1990 Deluxe is a lot of fun too. So this was recorded by Prince alone in his home studio, right mm-hmm. back on May 15th, 1982, according to Prince Vault. Yeah, this is the earliest known version, correct? Right. There yeah. is a version supposedly that was recorded a year later that has overdubs on top of this version. I've not heard that, nor have I ever seen it in circulation. Okay. Um, and then the other studio version worked on by Prince and the Revolution is the one that I mentioned that was on Purple Rain Deluxe. And it was actually incorrectly referred to on Purple Rain Deluxe as a 1983 recording. Oh, really? 1984. Mm. Yep. 
So yes, this is the early known, earliest known recording of the song, and it feels fairly finished. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's missing other parts in some way. I can Mm-mm. see how it could be dressed up more, but yeah, in its mechanical, thumpy, electronic soundiness, oh, it's so it great. sounds very finished. Yeah, it really, it really does. Mm-hmm. I kind of prefer a little bit less done to it you like the less elaborate stuff mm-hmm. you're a stripped down kind of gal yeah for the song for sure for sure i really like how the drum machines at the very start how 80s they are and that we get a lot of layers that's what makes this feels so finished is there's a lot of layers of Prince's voice. He's got real deep. Oh yes. And then it's hard to tell. There might be a second one. That's like a mid tone. And then there's the higher falsetto. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me is that there's at least three. Yeah, it definitely sounds like he spent the most time with his vocals on this song. Yeah. And kept everything else pretty stripped down. Yeah. Kind of electronic, controversy-sounding sort of beat that starts it all. And then at 33 seconds, you can tell Prince is really enjoying this song because he's going, mm, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Only only in a better voice than that. But there are some... <laughs> he sounds like mm, he's eating mm, a really mm. good ice cream cone. He is... Mm, 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 mm. Mm. I got myself some possessed pistachio. <laughs> a double scoop and a waffle cone. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first of many songs on this disc in which Prince acknowledges that Everything ain't right in his head. Yeah. There's a lot of that uh-huh. in these songs. This one in particular, very first lyric. Something's the matter, baby. I'm going insane. Something inside of me keeps talking to my brain. Something's the matter, baby. I'm going insane. Something inside of me keeps talking to my brain. That's the little voice. Yeah, it's, like, it's not his, something in his brain talking... To another part of his brain. No, it's inside of him. There's a little, it's a little creature. Part of soul. It's or... part of the satanic lust. Why can't I stop the satanic lust? It's so Which funny because makes... I had never heard it that way. Those are the lyrics. That's uh-huh. what he says. But when I was much younger hearing this, I heard, why can't I stop this eternal lust is what oh. I heard. I never heard satanic. Why can't I stop this satanic And then... When I started looking at the lyric sheet for this, yeah, you know, even before this came out, it was, yeah, you know, I realized what he was really saying. Yeah, well, it makes perfect sense because the satanic panic really. <laughs> I've not heard that before either. You've, you haven't. I've never heard of the satanic panic. Oh my gosh, it was like a huge thing. Like people were terrified of Satanists starting in the seventies, and then it threw out the eighties and early nineties. It was a big deal like people were legit worried that their children were going to be kidnapped and tortured and for satanic rituals it was wow. this huge thing like totally you, missed ne- it. you never oh no. i remember hearing about it on mm-hmm. the on the news every yeah. time you turned around there was somebody saying somebody else was a satanic worshiper wow. and they were gonna it, 
it does make a good hashtag, hashtag satanic panic. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, and it will, most of it was largely untrue. I figured that. Yeah. So I guess, but, uh, I guess I can feel good about not knowing about it. Yeah, I, I just, know. I'm surprised it was a huge cultural touchstone that I thought he touched on interestingly in a creative uh-huh. way that was not so. Oh, that's, that's a stone I never touched. Oh, well, that, that's. Now I, I mean, know. fine. Really, a lot of the people who were accused of touching it didn't do it. So Right, right. So he's driven by this voice that's talking to his brain, and he knows that it's not right, but his body tells him he's got to do it. That's a, that's a recurring theme in a Prince song for you. Mm-hmm. When he sings, I know I shouldn't hold you, but my body says I must. It's actually not a bad, you know, to be possessed and obsessed with someone He's not talking about a sexual act. He's talking right. about holding an them. embrace almost. Yeah, I mean, I credit where credit is due here for restraint in your possession. I found a little Easter egg that would come back to visit us in the late nineties. Okay, what's here that? At a minute and five seconds. Uh huh. Prince sucks his tongue and says, ooh. Uh-huh. Just like in Make Hot Make a tongue and you. say, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. oh, nice. oh, he was talking about possessed okay, in Hot With You. <laughs> yes, yes. He told he what? I'm, sh- I'm almost sure of it. All right. I'm almost sure of it because he does exactly what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, right around that point when he says, uh, I've got to make some love to you because it's much too much to bear. I thought much too much was kind of a fun lyric. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was written because it made it fit into the beat or if he knew it was cute and a fun way of you know, arranging words. Yes. I liked it all. Both. There's a slow breakdown at like a minute and 50 seconds with his falsetto singing, I'm possessed and I don't know what to do. I'm possessed. I'm stone crazy. Ooh. Uh-huh. And then a, the first classic Prince, ow, at two minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. The first awesome. one on the disc. I had to make a note of it. I'm like, oh, let me go ahead and check that box. Two minutes and 10 seconds in. <laughs> Done. There's uh, parts where he uses his voice to almost act like a bass part, and it happens at three minutes and 28 seconds where you can hear him in the background going, <laughs> I didn't notice that. And he does it after he says, and excuse the language, stone f***ed up in the head, baby, at 2 minutes and 34 seconds. He does it at 3 minutes and 44 seconds. And then a last time at right at 4 minutes, he does the same thing. So there's this repeating thing where it almost sounds like a bass guitar, but it's his deep voice doing this vocal thing. That's cool. That I hadn't never noticed before. Until really, you know, studying this in headphones That's with headphones cool. on. This was very much a headphone song. The left and right channels uh-huh. are used really, really well. Yeah, I don't know if that was done uh, in 
recreating this mix or how that happened, but it was done really well either back in 1982 or when the song was reassembled from source tapes. Yeah, there's a lot of great use of stereo and Mm -hmm. not in the kind that I would think would make you dizzy or sick. No, it's like you have something happening in the right channel and something thing different happening in the left channel. Yeah, it could be synthesizers, it could be a little rhythm guitar part, but there's a lot going on mm-hmm. in both channels. What to do? Oh, I'm possessed. Oh, he the, gives Bobby Z a shout out. I don't think yeah. Bobby Z is there. Bobby Z is not on the song. <laughs> Bobby Z, step on it. So it is interesting, like why, you know, was this maybe just a demo for something they were going to do live or he was going to start crediting musicians who weren't weren't part of it, which, you know, he he did do a lot. When he says Bobby Z, step on it and then step on it, it really sounds like controversy. Yeah. Go back and listen to the title song of Controversy and listen to that little part where he's going, mmm, step on it. Mm-hmm. It really sounds like that. Very interesting that Bobby Z got a shot out there and uh, he's not on the track and we know that. A little before that, one of my all-time favorite parts of the song too is You Give Me No Choice, I'm Gonna Hit You With My Guitar, Babe. Mm-hmm. And there's a little breakdown and kind of a dirty mind feel when you were mine kind of feeling guitar part there. That again, I know I've mentioned it 150 times on this podcast, but it makes me think of Prince saying, I like country music too. <laughs> uh, we all know why. Yes, when he said, I want to hit you with my guitar, I was like, Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Please do it. Do it. <laughs> Go for it. We love it. And then they jam. He jams. Me, me and my boy less like to jam. And then mm. he's, I don't know, he's jamming with that little voice that was talking to him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Me and the boys, we like to jam. Yeah, he says, uh, six minutes yeah, and 58 seconds. right. You're talking about the part at six minutes and 55 seconds where he says, me and the boys, we like to jam. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, there's a right before he says that at six minutes and 53 seconds too. There's a little thing he does with his voice where he says, stone crazy in love with you. Bye back. <laughs> it's like this little, I didn't even realize he was saying the word baby until uh-huh. I looked and I'm like, okay, there's the lyrics. He's making uh-huh. the sound and it's just kind of this fun. Again, it sounds like a bass guitar part where he says, bye back. <laughs> Still- Almost just a vocalization or a copying mm-hmm. of the an instrument rather than a playing it actual word. Yeah, 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 or an actual word. Yeah. Can we back up about a minute further to yeah. to the talk about whatever dirtiest like. part of the song? I <laughs> wondered how it all sat with you when he talks about baby. If I don't, baby, if I don't, parts of your body are going to get wet. Oh, you know what that means. Didn't bother you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, wow. All right. I'm going to scratch that off my list. Let's move on. (laughs) I thought it would would be, what was your word? Squeaky. Squeaky? Squeaky. Squeaky. Yeah. 
Like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> I don't know. I never didn't. Want, my parents didn't like Laverne and Shirley, so I didn't watch it much as a kid. Okay. Well, there's a character named Squiggy on it. That, that's not not Squiggy. Squeaky. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying this is what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. Sounds, your squeaky sounds squiggy to me. He's the one with the slicked hair, right? He was the short one. Yeah. The Lenny and Squiggy. Lenny is the played by the guy who's on Better Call Saul. Saul's brother. Okay. Yeah. Played Lenny. And mm-hmm. then he had a little friend or sidekick or something named Squiggy. <laughs> okay. Back, back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Laverne and Shirley podcast. No, no. Yep. So just to finish out Possessed, there's a lot of things he's doing with his voice. Um, he does another thing at seven minutes and 30 seconds. It's kind of a mouth sound effect that Prince would do sometime where uh, we get oosh. And then we get this drums and Dirty Mind rhythm guitar breakdown again. And it's just kind of fun how he leads you into this breakdown with this vocal effect that's not even effect. It's just something he's doing with his voice. So I was thrilled to get this on this album. Yeah, I bet so. uh, Because we had never experienced it in uh, the kind of glory that we have here. And it's really nicely done. It's, it is really nicely done. I mean, I, you would hope that the masterful use of the stereo was something that Prince did. But if it's not, it, I don't really care because it's so nice. It's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to listen to. Yep. Very yeah. much worthy of a release, especially yeah. here. So this song actually became a staple of the Purple Rain tour um, with him performing it live in a completely different arrangement, a very James Brown kind of funk arrangement that, w- that he had a lot of fun with. Uh-huh. Um, I think part of the fun was he knew very few, if any people at the time, had heard this song. Yeah, It could have easily been a B-side on a uh, 1999 or a Purple Rain track. So uh, you can hear it on the uh, Live at Syracuse DVD that's part of Purple Rain Deluxe. And then the studio version that Prince and the Revolution recorded in 1984 is even more manic, I guess you could say. Yeah. Much more manic. He sings it in a much more crazy voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot more frantic, and uh, I thought it sounded a little more mechanical. Yes, and he truly sounds a little bit more purple rain crazy, like the, the, the wide-eyed... Uh-huh. Highly Excitable. alert, slightly Highly nuts alert. Prince. He's had too much caffeine. Right. We're on the version that's on 1999 Super Deluxe Edition that we're talking about now. It's pretty in parts, and it's very laid back. His vocal delivery is very, very laid back, which I thought was a neat juxtaposition with the fact that you've got this laid back. Just singing about the way I feel, and I'm also telling you how crazy I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and evidently he's also in the twilight zone yeah it took me there the purple rain version <laughs> takes me there to me this is the version of the song yeah to have the purple rain version it's great to have it's fun to listen to uh but this is the one that just sticks with me just because i have been listening to it since i don't know 
the late 80s. Yeah. Middle to late 80s. So the only released version of this prior to Purple Rain Deluxe was on a VHS called Prince and the Revolution from 1985. That's, that's correct? That's the DVD I'm talking about that's part of Super oh, okay. of uh, Purple Rain Deluxe. Okay. The VHS concert from Syracuse was included in that on okay. a DVD okay. that you can watch. But it's the same, okay. the same concert. It's the same yes. concert. Yep. So, yeah. So it... Got a release in 1985, but only as part of a live concert that if you didn't buy the VHS in the mid-80s, you were you never, never going to see it. Yes. And it was blended in with Irresistible Bitch. He starts oh. Irresistible. Irresistible Bitch with Wendy playing guitar, and you've actually posted about that oh, on yes. social media. Yep. Um, Speaking of which. Go ahead and plug that. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S. That stands for The Mountains and the Sea podcast. So TMATS podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. So on that Syracuse live concert, there's a version of Irresistible Bitch, which if you were a Prince fan at the time, you had heard because that was a B-side. Yep. And, and you said that was your favorite version of oh, Irresistible by far. Bitch. Oh, yep. by far. And it rolls right into Possessed, Uh which I love also. It's a great version of the song. And he gets into like calling out 25. Uh You know, Bobby Z has talked about all these crazy call outs that they would have to keep up with. Yeah. And that's a great example of it. So that's an awesome live version of the song. Again, completely different than the more laid back mechanical. I'm going crazy Uh version that we have here. Yeah. You can get possessed all over the place with Prince. So the, uh, that to me, there's like three versions of it. This yeah. version, laid back, 1982. The Revolution Studio version from 1984 that's like super frantic, and we'll talk about that someday when we get to Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. And then on the Syracuse Live VHS or DVD part of Purple Rain Deluxe, uh, that's, again, a completely different arrangement of the song. Super cool. Yeah. Then we have... Delirious. We've talked about this one before. We sure have, because this full-length version of Delirious, which is essentially the original studio version that was edited down to like three minutes and 56 seconds for the album, has been in circulation for a very long time and in pretty good quality. Mm -hmm. So while it's not quite as big of a delight to hear it here, because it sounds an awful like what we've many of us have heard Mm-hmm. Throughout the years, if you look on the internet, you're able to find the full length version without trying too very hard. Well, of course, now you can because yeah. it's out, well, but it's, yes. it is essentially but even the same. Prior to the release of that, it wasn't yep, particularly it was, difficult to find. No, it was not. Um, so yeah, we we talked about this version when we discussed the 1999 album um, proper mm-hmm. many 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 moons ago. Um, and well before the super super deluxe edition was even announced, and but I feel like it would be a big oversight if that version wasn't included in this collection. That's super so fair. So it makes yeah. me happy that it's here. It doesn't make me feel cheated that I didn't get something else. Right. It should be here. It should be here. This is where it belongs. And if you want to hear our complete thoughts on this version of it, it was February of 2019 when we talked about it. So. That's how many moons ago. That's a lot of moons. But (laughs) I I do want to touch on the fact that for song, this is song two of two, if you're keeping score, where Prince recognizes his own nuttiness. Uh Uh-huh. So this is a theme of this vault disc too. For sure. Prince is telling you he's got issues. 
I didn't realize. And they stem from being crazy in love. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, it's fine. Yes, crazy in love. That's great. Mm-hmm. What didn't you realize? I didn't realize how like barrier breaking the whole rockabilly stuff was. It was like, what am I going to say about Delirious? We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard this song. Everybody's heard it. I mean, really. And if you're a Prince fan, you've probably heard the full length version long before it was ever released. Right. I didn't realize that it, like the rockabilly sound was really borrowed from old black rhythm and blues music, Mm. but it was really made popular by white artists, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Buddy Holly, Johnny Cash, and that Prince spending so much time doing rockabilly music in the early 80s was really kind of reclaiming this for his his culture. And I thought that was really great and worth noting and a neat thing to do for him to really I'm taking kinda, this back. Yeah, to, well, and to kind of explore it, even if he wasn't taking it back. I mean, yes, maybe taking it back, but also this is part of my heritage and I'm going to explore it a little more fully. He definitely did that because there are like half of these Volta songs I would classify as rockabilly. Oh, yeah. In fact, well, I have it in my notes for later, but I was thinking he kind of... I don't know if he made up the term, but he certainly adopted the term funk and roll uh-huh, late yeah. in his life. And so I kind of think of this as funkabilly. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So we he, we could say he explored rockabilly, but he created his own funkabilly. Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. So just to kind of recap thoughts on uh, this full-length version of, Delir- of Delirious, it's two minutes longer than the album version. It's got a longer intro with uh, longer musical interludes throughout it, and the song fades out at the end. So we now live in a world where Delirious doesn't end with a baby cooing, uh-huh. which is a little weird, but we're going to have to all get it's through it together. Weird. Right. <laughs> the other thing I noticed, if you listen to the album version and this version, there is much more reverb or echo on his voice on this version uh-huh. than there is on the album version. It's a different effect. Okay. Um, maybe like a little warmer, but also a little more echo. Okay. And I'm not saying it bothers me, but you can definitely hear it if you listen to first verse of album version Delirious mm-hmm. and first verse of uh, original version Delirious. Yeah. You can tell the difference. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. This version really allows you to hear the finger snaps yes, really succinctly. Mm-hmm. And they almost fall into the... They're so consistent that they fall into the background as almost a part of the percussion instruments. I mean, obviously, that's kind of what it is. It's a hand percussion instrument made with... Sure. You know, it's with your body. It's like beating yeah. on your chest for a drum, but it's a finger snap. Right. It's part of the percussion, but... Yeah, well, that was part of the credit given to Prince on perhaps it was For You or maybe his second album. One of the instruments listed was hand claps and finger snaps, all (laughs) one word. Prince. Prince. Yes. So I also wanted to point out at two minutes and 50 seconds, you Mm -hmm. hear Prince say, pardon the language again, kids, up in the head, which is an exact line from Possessed on the... Uh previous one on the previous track so again there's a lot of going nuts here Mm -hmm. and he hasn't even recorded let's go crazy yet yeah 
you can also hear at four minutes and 13 seconds the kind of drum fill that leads to the quick ending and the baby cooing on the original version. And if you've listened to the album version so many times, you hear this little drum fill and you expect the baby and the song to end, uh-huh. but here it keeps going. Yeah, you get this choir of princes. Yes, it's like really cool. sitting in the backseat of a car and not realizing you're going over a hill and getting like, whoa, whoa, there's, <laughs> there's more here than I expected. Did you get butterflies? A little bit when oh, I first heard it. Oh. Many, many years ago. I yeah. Did. Yeah, because it's just not where my brain was thinking the song was going, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Um, there's also a bass part, a bass guitar part, at five minutes and four seconds that follows him saying, if you don't, I'm going to explode, and girl, I got a lot, and there's this little bass fill that is super cool. Yeah, and is not primarily really heard in the else. right channel. Yes. Yeah, it's good. Wow, we must have listened to the same song. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Right channel. So I overall, I think it's a little bit of a shame that this there wasn't room for this on the original double album. Yeah. Um, but room had to be made somewhere for the length of many of the other longer songs. And I wouldn't have wanted them to be cut back and edited. So after delirious, we move on to one of the many Prince Holy grails in this collection. Mm-hmm. This one being purple music. Yeah, that's great. And we've talked about this one also before in that same episode where we talked about, we did, you know, we, like I said, we recorded the 1999 episodes before Super Deluxe Edition was ever announced. So Mm -hmm. we pulled out a lot of the unreleased songs that we know were part of this era, and this was one of them. So we have gone in depth about lyrics and the song in general. Of course, here we have it in... The difference between this song and Delirious is Delirious was circulating in almost perfect quality. Right. Purple Music has always found a way to want to break my eardrums one way or the other, either (laughs) Uh with hiss or uh, super shrilliness on every s yeah that just i mean really just pierced my brain like okay. a needle stuck into my ear yeah and um, this is beautiful it is and again reconstructed gloriously with stuff going on in stereo channels that you just really need to sit and just take in for all 10 minutes and 58 seconds mm-hmm. well particularly at there's mm-hmm. a guitar in the left channel and a synth in the right. And it's just, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I read on Diffuser, they suggested that Purple Music could have been an alternative title for 1999 because mm-hmm. Automatic 1999 all the critics love you in New York and DMSR. I'll have purple references mm. in them, but we also talked about how turn it up could have been a, an alternative yeah. title or yeah. a follow-up title. And I just thought how interesting it was and how cohesive these songs all were that there was two titles that you could make arguments would have been excellent alternative titles for yeah. Either the album or a follow-up album. Right, or a different configuration of the album. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he, it would have been weird to have an album named Purple Music and then get a movie and soundtrack for Purple Rain. Yeah. 
So that might have been part of the right. thinking too was I got to keep something in the tank for what I have planned next. Right. I didn't remember that he said next page at one point. Like he's telling yeah. somebody to yes. flip the lyrics or the music. Yeah. You three know. minutes and five seconds and you can hear a page, you know, Turn. whether it was there and it happened in the moment or that was added as a sound effect after it's unclear. Next page. Reminds me of Little Orphan Annie and Daddy Warbucks reading some commercial, and he reads the drop page and drops it. And, of course, those were instructions for old Daddy Warbucks. Exactly. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. The other thing that I don't remember hearing, and it could certainly be that the quality of the unreleased tracks that were in circulation sucked so much, <laughs> but... Um, when he sings um, at the very be- the very first verse, just need to find me a style of my own, and I'm high, so high. There's a lot of echo on the word high that kind of drags on for a little while. High, okay. high, 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 and I had never really heard that before. And I also went back and noted when he sings... Don't need no cymbals, no saxophone. How interesting that it was because there hadn't been live horns on a Prince Studio track ever up to that point. It right. was something that he wouldn't add until the Purple Rain tour, essentially. Yeah, be- well, because he didn't play those. And I yeah, I right. may actually made a note about that, too, that he was finding a style of his own, whereas he liked those things. Mm-hmm. Either couldn't play them or couldn't afford them or both. So yeah, he well, did it himself. Yeah, or he, he couldn't add the symbols the way he wanted to while he was doing something else. He couldn't add the symbols and sing at the same time. And so he was just going to leave those out or he can't play the horns and sing. Well, he couldn't play the horns at all, but it was, he had to find his own style because that's what suited his talents. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really appreciated that. Yeah. So there's the bath stuff that we talked about. Yeah. Okay. I have a theory, and I'm not sure it's a theory that'll hold water, but... Like a bath? (laughs) What's your theory? Prince watched Blade Runner, and I've heard it many times suggested that he was influenced by that movie, Mm -hmm. particularly for 1999. Yeah. So I went looking, and this was recorded May 22nd of 1982. Well, Blade yep. Runner wasn't released until June 25th. Okay. So he so obviously was, hadn't seen it yet. Maybe, maybe there were advanced screenings that were done starting in March and they were both Warner brothers mm-hmm. properties. Okay. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Prince had seen Blade Runner prior to its release. Okay. But the whole bath part really reminded me, I just watched this movie to do a guest spot on another show. Right. And it really reminded me the way the person talking to Prince 
about his bath spoke to him, mm-hmm. reminded me of the replicants, which are like humanoid manufactured beings. And they're kind of childlike and don't have a lot of experience. Mm. And it just, it really... I've never seen Blade Runner, but that describes Prince talking to himself in this. About this bath. And, you know, they have specific skills. And it really makes me wonder if he had seen Mm. that movie prior to recording this song. And now Alan Ballou... Mm-hmm. You know, said that yeah, the photographer said that Prince specifically cited the wardrobe in Blade Runner as part of his inspiration for the aesthetic of 1999 mm-hmm. when they were doing photo shoots and things for it. So it's difficult to tell where the chicken and the egg. And of course, you know, we may never know. That's not a story that I've heard anybody tell as far as where the influence for that came from. But it really, just having just watched that movie and then listening to the song and hearing that part, I was like, ooh, ooh, got all excited about it. (laughs) I'm like, ooh, and I got to see when the movie came out. And I don't know. I can't uh, agree or disagree since I I have yet to see Blade Runner. The next time I see it. I don't like it. I don't know. I probably will never watch it. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, it's fine. I just, I, I very mixed feelings. It's a movie from 1982 that's a little sci-fi-ish. Okay. So you're like <laughs> sold on not watching it. That's right. the look that Josh just made. Yes. Yeah. I will just listen to 1999 Vault Disc 2 again instead of watching that. <laughs> okay. How's that sound? Whatever. All right. Um, yeah, my notes on um, that whole little portion at about eight minutes and 39 seconds where there's this, it's Prince's voice saying, it's time for your morning bath, sir. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Prince is his own manservant and is frightened by what he sees. Well, and that just, that also makes sense because the replicants can look like anybody. So it would make sense yeah. that they could... Like they couldn't, they were manufactured to look a certain way. So if somebody wanted someone to have one that looked and or sounded just like themselves, they could have that made. Oh, you know, I don't take baths either. So there's a lot here that I shouldn't really have an opinion on. It's outside of my realm of expertise. Yeah, well, it's fine. <laughs> the one last thing I wanted to point out was another, He. this was another kind of, phrase that prince hung his hat on for a lot of these outtakes step on it uh-huh Did you get that at the end of purple music also to kind of basically telling himself step on it that's right drive you idiot faster faster <laughs> uh-huh. even though the beat doesn't speed up uh the drums become more pronounced other instruments drop out um but i thought again just like on possessed we have a step on it step on it step on it there's turn it up purple references yes things that are definitely consistent across all these songs that like we said a large portion of them are a little funkabilly but then there's all these other different sounds that he's exploring but they're tied together yeah it's interesting very very interesting it's a nice snapshot of where he was Mm -hmm. in 
1981, 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, you know. You know? Track four. Yeah, you know. Uh Uh-huh. May have been planned for inclusion on the Shell's Green Factory album. And... That would be in 1986, 87. It did have horns added by Eric Leeds and probably Atlanta Bliss later. Yes, in 86. Uh Uh-huh. And we'll uh, give you some samples of both of these. So there's a 1982 version that is just Prince by himself. And then a much longer version that was reworked, overdubbed further in 1986 by Prince and the Revolution. Mm -hmm. Neither of which ever found a home. Except for, yeah, you know, three Uh minutes, 11 seconds right here on Vault Disc 2. So this version was recorded the same day as, was recorded on the same day as Horny Toad. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a cousin to Horny Toad. Yeah. It's a little more uh, new wave than Rockabilly, but they kind of share a similar flavor. Funkabilly new wave. Yeah. Funkabilly new wave. Yeah. He sings it in his punk voice, too, that I think that you heard on Rearrange and a little bit sort of on Bold Generation, too. Yeah. He sounds like a, I mean, I think he's singing that way purposefully, but he does sound like a younger punkish man. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I really like the vocalizing at the beginning. Hmm. It's fun. Yep. I and really the, enjoyed like, it. There's this repeating synth that goes throughout the whole song that makes it real 50% Funkabilly soul with It's almost like Sesame Street-ish in a little way. Is yeah. That's what, what I kind of thought it sounded like. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah. And it's got a Sesame Street kind of message too. Get a job. <laughs> Don't stay in the basement <laughs> watching TV all day. Don't eat so much fast food. I just thought this person, this person's just really unapologetically themselves. Like they're kind of the person he's singing be, about. Yeah. The person he's singing about uh-huh. is that they, they want to be, up with the times, but they don't really care when they're not. Okay. Like they like what they like. So dancing at the disco, Prince yes. makes that sound like a bad thing. Well, dancing your life away at the local disco. Okay. So it's like you're there maybe go once a week, not no. six nights a week. <laughs> yep. And but this person doesn't seem to care. They like their polyester punk outfit. Yes, they do. But they come alone. They don't have a date. Right. Which is Yep. Something Prince points out. Yeah. They spit when they talk. Man, yeah. You know, whatever. I spit when I talk. Did you notice, too, the song is, yeah, you know, but when they, when he sings it, it's, yeah, I know a lot of times. Oh, I hadn't, I didn't hear that. Where did you think it was? Yeah, I know. You know, I don't hear I at all. Wow. I 
so you hear, yeah, you know. Yeah. I hear throughout the entire thing, yeah, I know. No, I don't hear that oh, at all. Oh, gosh. I hear, yeah. You're so yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. It's like no. you can hear the I part in what he's singing. No, it sounds like a Boston Put accent. some clips in here and let's hear it. <laughs> I swear to you, I read the lyrics online, and I'm listening to this. And I'm like, he is not saying, you know. He's I think saying, he yeah, is. yeah, I know. In no, every instance, from the start to the end. No, not at all. Not at all, because it's very, it's almost like a Boston accent. Because it's not really, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, you know. And that's I know. Not I know. No, not I know. <laughs> okay, dear listener, let us know. Do you think it's you know or I know? Because Josh hears I and I hear more like a you know. Wow. Yeah. Blown away. You Blown know. away. <laughs> so the biggest point I wanted to make about this song is there is at no point in this song do I hear him singing yeah, you know. At at no point do I hear yeah, I know. Well, I can point them out to you. Let's see. There's one here. <laughs> there's one here. <laughs> I don't know. Find and change. Everywhere there's a you, change it to I, and then the lyrics are right. I disagree. But listeners, let us know what you think. Interesting, though, especially his wording of you know the first time he sings we're all grossed out and then later on the song later on in the song he sings everybody's grossed because you spit when you talk uh-huh. like he leaves the word out out <laughs> if you leave the word out out is it really there <laughs> well no it's not there it's <laughs> two negatives make a positive right anyway his wording in places here, it, like it's almost like punk, punkly it's, phrased. It's so fun. I want to say it's a it's lot of fun. Super fun. So they talked about the end of the song where he says, "Like I'd get a job, but the world's coming into an end soon." Yeah, and they, also that also sounds like a Boston accent to me. It is. Um, they talked about it on the 1999 podcast and attributed it to a country, and I cannot remember what it is right now. Okay. Yeah, you know. Like, I would get a job if the world's going to end soon. You got any loots? But they talked about it for quite a bit. And then him singing it, saying, you got any loots? Yeah, like quaaludes. Yes, yeah. quaalude, which is a pill containing a sedative. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. it's something Bill Cosby used. Oh. Yeah, I'm well, listening to a, a podcast called... For a different reason, I think, than what Prince was asking <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, this is more of like Prince was asking for a more relaxed, alternate perception of reality. He was going to put them in his own drinks also, Yeah, yeah. Well, he wasn't going to put them in anybody's drink. He was just going to take the pill. <laughs> take them with water. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Bill Cosby, you want to finish your thought there? Oh, there's a really interesting podcast called Chasing Cosby that's all about the perspective of his victims and it's horrible and Mm -hmm. fascinating, which is also why I make a true crime podcast as well, because the horrible and fascinating speaks to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this was made in jest too. It was yes. a, you know he was ta- he's playing the role of the loser that he's been singing about throughout yeah. this whole song. And then yeah. he's like, "Well, I would get a job, but every- it, <laughs> which it's funny is very too. on point for 1999." That's what I was going to say. Thing. Like the title track of the album that stemmed from this era was about the partying at the apocalypse, and it certainly wasn't about you know getting up and going to work and partying like it's 1999. Yeah, it was. We're going to go to the disco and dance. Right. And I'm not going to care if I spit when I talk. And oh, by the way, Perrier may be over, but I like it. Yeah. So I'm going to drink it. Sure. Yeah. Whoever told you it was cool to drink Perrier? Perrier. All right. So now that we've disagreed intensely, one of the most intense disagreements that we've had on this podcast. I cannot be persuaded even that he's saying (laughs) saying anything else. Well, then I won't try to persuade you. I'll let our listeners make their own judgment and they can ponder that while we take this quick break. Fine. Everyone, no matter how big a geek you are, has movies that they haven't seen that have other geeks saying, how have you never seen this movie? Well, we're here to help. At the Now You've Seen It podcast, we help you fill those gaps in your geek cred one movie at a time. Each episode, a guest who is watching the movie for the first time joins our rotating cast of hosts and panelists to discuss the movie and compare seeing it through fresh eyes versus seeing it with eyes filtered through the lens of nostalgia. You can find Now You've Seen It on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it, no apostrophe, or wherever you get your podcast. Dad, I'm hungry. Hi, hungry. I'm Dad. The podcast where nerdy dads talk nerdy fads. We talk life, entertainment, and give advice to those who never asked for it. Like, anytime I do anything, my brother calls me a thought. What do I do? Or, best college degree for a supervillain. So go smash that like button. Find us wherever podcasts live. Uh, where's that, Jared? A magical place called the internet. Like Spider-Man and Elsa's shipping videos. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'm hungry. Wait! All right, welcome back. Now that we've had a moment to cool down during that quick break. I'm so hot still. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the 1986 version of Yeah, You Know. All right, so according to Prince Vault, Eric Leeds and probably Atlanta Bliss recorded saxophone and uh, trumpet over this at Prince's home studio in June of 1986. Yes. That's also what I read. And there's some background singers in this version. It's not just Prince. Correct. There's lots of Wendy and Lisa, I believe, Uh possibly Joel Jones, too, that do the echo part of, Mm -hmm. you know, then dance your life away. Cold disco, disco, where Prince would do the echo Uh in his version. And these women are doing the background vocals for him here. Dance your life away. Again, I hate to bring it up again, but I still feel like in the song, I don't feel like I am dead certain. I'm willing to bet our dog that they are <gasps> don't singing. Don't you do that. Yeah, Nobody, I'm not taking that bet. That dog's partly our, partly mine too. So I'm not, we had to agree on that bet and I'm not taking that bet. I'm not betting our dog. Okay. Our daughter. <gasps> <laughs> 
Uh, so also they're singing the background vocals of, you know, whoever told you it was cool to drink Perrier. Perrier. <laughs> and the women are singing background. Whoever told you it was cool to drink Um, we still get his um, spoken part at two minutes and fifty-two seconds. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd get a job, but the world's ending soon. But there's all kinds of horns and synthesizers going over top of what he's doing. There's also like a tambourine added to the beginning of the track. I want to say too is the little drum beat uh-huh. leads into the song. It, it sounds like a very revolution kind of tambourine oh. that's happening over the beat too. That oh, is okay. not in the super deluxe edition okay. vault track. Okay. And yeah, there's a lot of like they get to the end of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know about three or so minutes in and then there's just kind of all that stuff happening and i thought it kind of sounded like somebody maybe found those lutes after all no to just (laughs) yeah you're right i did note that like there's a good two minutes and 40 seconds of drums synths horns jamming and no lyrics it's just like an extended musical part which is fun, and yeah. it's cool to have. Um, it is still unreleased, but it is in circulation mm-hmm. among fans. But yeah, I can see why this didn't fit on... I mean, if there was a double album or triple album, Dream Factory, Crystal Ball, I guess this could have found a home somewhere. Yeah. But I can see why it wouldn't make it on a more condensed album. I can see why it didn't really fit on 1999. Yes. Yeah. Despite sure. the fact that it's got this end-of-the-world... I don't need to get a job because it's the end of the world. Who cares, man? Right. Opinion, but still. I mean, if the 1999 song lyrics had been something like, I was dreaming when I wrote this, and my alarm went off and I had to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it would fit. (laughs) That's not how the song goes. It kind of sounds like uh, Manic Monday. Combined oh. with, if you put Manic Monday and 1999 together in a mashup, you know? uh, yeah, you know, would have fit on that album. Or yeah, I know. The album name could have been Yeah, I know. It would have been a little drawn I, and the word No, N O after it though. Yeah, I know. I don't think you do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Moonbeam Levels, another one that we have talked about back in February of 2019, and I don't really have a ton to add. This is, uh, as far as I can tell, the same version. Oh, let me school you. Oh, dude. dude so, yes, what, you're right. Different. When we covered 1999, the release titled Forever was out. Right. And this song was on it then in studio quality, which yes. we had not had before. We had it in pretty good quality, but that was a major upgrade then and a reason for fans to buy that basic, like basically it's a third greatest hits collection that we <laughs> shelled money out for. Um, but we no, agreed the, Moonbeam Levels was worth the $15 all by itself. We did. We bought the thing. Yeah. So fine, got our money again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the difference, though, there were 
Prince Addicts clamoring, clamoring when Forever came out that Moonbeam Levels was missing this little piano guitar part at the very end after the fade out. Okay. And yeah. we're also thrilled when 1999 Super Deluxe Edition was announced and it was a longer length than what was on Forever. And that's what we have here. If you listen to the very end of it. Yeah. Fades out, and then there's a little guitar and piano tinkering that's uh-huh. at the very, very end. Like okay. this, I don't know, a little coda at the end, I guess you could say. Okay, yes. So there was this giant, you know, you could heal, hear the Prince community exhaling when this was finally put together. Uh-huh. And it's not known if it was just missed on forever because the song does Fade, fade out, out and it's quiet uh-huh. for a bit Somebody before just, you have this little refrain and yeah. someone said chop it off there or or what happened. So yes, this was um this is what we were waiting for as far as the the official full length unadulterated moonbeam levels. Okay. But a great song, a great oh, story song. I just love this little celestial energy requesting song. Where else in a Prince song do you hear Kondo overlooking the rings of Saturn? Uh And it's very spacey, Uh um, which also fits into the 1999 theme very well. Yes. Rocket ships and... Well, and it's basically facing nuclear annihilation. Yes. Yes, yeah. and learn and not learning from mistakes, which is you know what you're doomed to in history if you don't learn from it. Yeah, there's a lot of this too. Yep. So I think we covered it before too, but this was also, according to Prince Vault, maybe considered for Purple Rain. Um, in fact, after his death, one of Prince's notebooks was found, and uh, Moonbeam Levels was written down as a possible track for mm. the Purple Rain soundtrack. Also Man. considered for Around the World in a Day and Parade and the original Crystal Ball, which <laughs> evolved into Sign of the Times. And then also the 1989 version of Raven to the Joy Fantastic just never found its way on an album. It's amazing that it sat around and was considered for upwards of eight years for different albums and was just always a no, a no, a no. And so it's orphaned, but has a home now on yeah. 1999 Super Deluxe, which is Maybe the right place for it, because it was recorded during that time, fits the theme of the album, didn't make the album despite its double length. I always thought that this could have been a great song instead of Free on oh, yeah. 1999, could have been an alternative ballad. Yeah. But now I've got it all together, so. Yeah. No. Under bad circumstances, but yeah. it's all there. Right. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen, I, don't, I wonder why. I wonder why he didn't. Put it somewhere. It seems like the kind of song that I wonder if it was maybe too personal. personal. Yep. Or it was just a little too close. He just wanted the right place for it. And prior to his name change, he just couldn't find it. And then maybe didn't feel like it fit after that. Yeah. There was a period too. Um, this is really it in the mid and early 80s where he would, he didn't have really a problem dipping back into material he had recorded and either reworking it or considering it for albums. Mm -hmm. But from like 1991 through the mid two thousands, that was something that he was very much into 
what was the last thing I recorded? What's most recent? That's what's most important to me. I'm not about looking into right. the past and pulling stuff from then. He was trying to almost distance himself from that. So right. after a certain number of no's, then I'm sure the song just became, you know, vault material and yeah. was thought to always be that. Yeah. No. I'd have liked to have seen it come out. I think it could have been like a hit, honestly. Mm-hmm. True. All right. And then the final song. More Funkabilly. More Funkabilly. No Call You. Yeah, recorded July 23rd at Princess Home Studio. Mm-hmm. I was thinking this when I was listening to it critically that, um, wow, this probably could have been a duet. Could have been a Prince part and then oh, like maybe a Vanity, a Vanity Six, part. Six part at the mm-hmm. end where he says, no, boy. I'm the coolest or whatever mm-hmm. he gets into. And he almost sings it in the same voice as originals when, you know, his versions of Sex Shooter uh-huh. and his versions of Makeup. No, that's all right. I'm the coolest. No, boy. You got to call me. Yeah. He's got the same kind of vocal intonations during the spoken word part of No Call You that make it seem like he's giving a guide to somebody else. And um, I have not heard it, but according to Prince Vault, Vanity Six recorded vocals for this track in 1982. Mm-hmm. If that's around, I've never heard it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that Jill Jones also recorded this song, possibly for consideration for her self-titled album, uh, but it wasn't obviously included there either. Prince Vault makes reference to another version of the song that is pr- with overdubs. Okay. One version with overdubs, one version without overdubs, but they don't seem to cover the track that was in circulation, unreleased for many, many years among fans that we also took a listen to that sounds mm-hmm. like a completely different vocal take by Prince. It not does. a not an overdub or going over parts of the song. Uh, the music is a little different and it's sung more frantically. And again, this isn't, I've lost fingers to count how many songs we've covered <laughs> here where he's talking a little bit about going crazy. Yeah. This is one of those. And it sounds more crazy. The uh, unreleased version of the song, the song yes. that is still studio version that still is unreleased. Yes. Agreed. Girl, I'm going crazy. I'm lonely and I need a kiss. Girl, I'm going crazy. I'm lonely. I love how he says kiss. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, uh, no call you, you call me. If love is true, I will see. It reminded me a little bit of that awful song by Extreme. More than words. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it, why? I just kind of the theme of it a little like I'm gonna see if you really love me, but without the like rapey pushiness of more than words. That that song, the acoustic guitar thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. More than words. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they sing like it on the office. 
they yeah, sing they it do. on the office, right. and do. but it's super creepy because it's the sons with their dad. Yeah, which is like, like it's intense. Squeaky. It's so super squeaky, <laughs> and like intended to be super squeaky, but yeah, yeah. Very yeah, weirdly brother. worded title and phrase. No call you, you uh-huh. call me. What he's saying is, I'm not going to call you. Uh-huh. If you want to speak with me, you pick up the phone and dial my number. And when that you... is condensed into, no call you, you call me. Yeah. Is but there it... ever a more lazy man condensation <laughs> of, this is how it's going to work, than that? Yeah, you know, and when you just say it, or when you just read the lyrics, it sounds clunky and lazy yeah. but when he sings it it's so oh, it's it great. fits it works yeah great i totally agree yeah. it's just when you read it you're, i mean who would speak that way nobody nobody but, but prince would sing that way yeah which is why and we're it here. works that way yeah it does yeah and I say no call you, you call me. yeah so he's very much into again like it's body versus ego. My body wants to call you, but my ego says, let her call you. Uh-huh. Body versus mind, again, a little sign of maybe insanity. Yeah, maybe. Oh, how hard is it to pick up the phone, man? No, he wants her to prove something. Yeah, he wants to play hard to get. Yeah. Right. Also a theme with Prince. Yes, it is. This coyness and uh-huh. purposeful Chase shyness. Me. Yeah. Yeah. He liked he liked the pursuit as long as he was the one being pursued. Yes. Unless he just really wanted to do the pursuing, which sometimes he did. That's true. But I would say this was the more common theme. Show you show me how mm-hmm. much you appreciate me That's and how right. much you like me. It's, and it's a test. It is a test. Yeah. There's a part at two minutes and fifty two seconds where he goes. Whoa! That is, if I could suggest a one-second challenge song to you and give you the one second to give me, uh-huh. that little part you could have played for me. And you would know. 15 years ago, and I'd be like, no call you. No call you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a unique kind of moment in a Prince song that had <laughs> stuck with me even since the hissy, unreleased days of No Call You. Very cool. I think the lyrics are a little repetitive, but the performance of it is varied enough that it really kind of keeps it fresh and interesting. And I appreciated that. Yeah. 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 And there's this little run up a keyboard and it's buried like at a minute and 39. And it's so cool. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. Like you said, so much of this disc really does call for a decent set of headphones to yeah. appreciate what's what's going on. Listening in the car is almost a little bit doing it a disservice, unless you've, unless you've heard it on headphones already. Then you can hear all the nuances going on. Yeah. These are the lines that le- led me to believe that this could have been a duet with um, this part being sung or said by a woman where he says, no call you, you call me. And he says, boy, I'm going crazy. I can't make up my mind what I'm going to do tonight. I'm kind of lonely and I I don't know what I... And he's singing, singing boy. Uh-huh. Yes. Which is very a Vanity Six kind of thing to sing. Boy, I'm going crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I can't make up my mind what I'm 
Yes, agreed. And we'll talk about the alternate version in just a minute, but mm-hmm. it that's a change from the alternate version. Sure. So it's kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, it'll be a cold day in summer if I call your ass up on the phone. Yes. And I was like, but it's Minnesota, though. You could have a cold day. <laughs> you could. So That's true. it it's... almost is like he's leaving himself an out. Like, if you're saying that in Texas, that means I'm not going to call you. Yeah, I'll be- see you in early November. Yeah, when it starts to cool down. But yeah. if you're in Minnesota, it's... That's cont- true. I mean... I think it was just a turn of phrase, though. You know, like, it'd be a cold day in hell before I do that. And he turned it into the cold day in the summer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I just thought it was... It was cute and worth noting, especially right. since we live on the surface of the sun. We do, yes. And it's... I'm sorry. It's not cold day in the summer. It's cool day yeah. in the summer. Yeah. So what's what's a cool day? 65? Yeah. It's not out of the realm of it's possibility. like a winter here. <laughs> yes. So the released version now on 1999 Super Deluxe Edition is 4 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. The unreleased version of the song that has a different vocal track by Prince that we also listen to, um, three minutes and two seconds. Yeah. So much and, shorter. Yes. And it's... It starts really abruptly. It starts super abruptly. Because I don't think that that it's the whole thing. You I think, think it's a portion? I think it's just the end because the and the lyrics that are on Genius are actually for this alternate version. Oh, even yeah? though they're listed okay. under 1999 Super Deluxe, uh-huh. the lyrics it's are incorrect. Yeah. So I'll oh, I'll not link the old to one, the other one. The other one. The yeah. other the shorter one. The shorter one. I really think that it's just the end of it. Well, I you know, like by thirty nine seconds we've already had verse and a chorus, and at thirty nine seconds he sings I will see and then does these falsetto ees uh-huh. that are like always etched in my head as part of the song, and they're not part of what you get on the super deluxe edition right. and it just almost sounds again like a little jarring to me not to get those little highlights and hits that he has yeah you miss them a little bit i do and this is the version where he says mama i know you want to uh-huh. at like 2 minutes and 28 So I think that the, this version wasn't wasn't a vocal guide. It was him. This was him singing the entire thing. The entire thing. Yeah. You know, thinking of it as from his own perspective. Yeah, from him as a man. Uh huh. Right. And whereas the one that we get on 1999 Super Deluxe, mm-hmm. really probably a vocal guide for yeah yeah had Vanity it been Six. had it been used or appeared on a Vanity 6 or Jill Jones album we might have gotten no call you on originals yes it exactly. sounds like that kind of song yes agreed the other part on the shorter still unreleased version of no call you that again is like just ingrained in my head because i've listened to it for decades is that 2 minutes where he sings love is true i i all right. And he kind of gives this all right, like uh-huh. he's just enjoying the song, and that's missing from the Vault Disc 2 version. Okay. Sadly. All right. 
And there's some kind of girl background singers in this yes, unreleased version. Mm-hmm. So maybe Vanity, maybe Jill Jones, maybe. That's right. Yeah. There are also exactly. female backgrounds on the. 1999 Super Deluxe Edition at 4 minutes and 14 oh. seconds when he's singing No Call You, You Call Me. You can hear at least one female vocalist singing behind him, and that's the only part of the song that you can hear it in. Unless it's just me hearing I instead of you. But give it a listen at 4 minutes and 14 seconds. I think you'll agree that there is that one little hit of a female vocal okay. that's nowhere else in the song. And then the alternate version, it fades on a scream. Oh, yeah. What a travesty. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, whatever version that was, that leaked, that's been in circulation from, for so long, maybe there's an elite collector somewhere who has the entire thing, faded it out at one point and started circulating that, but kept it for him or herself. That's yeah. not an uncommon thing at all, or watermarking it somehow. Right. So that's definitely possible, too. Yeah, because it fades at a part that I'd very much like to hear. <laughs> yeah, yes. You know how I feel about fading out of songs. Yeah, I don't one. care for it either. It's like, like just end the song. Okay, when have you ever read a book where the type at the end just gets smaller <laughs> and smaller and smaller? <laughs> That's what it is. It's the same thing. Make an ending. <laughs> that makes me want to write a book with the, just a <laughs> type great. gets to the point where it's too small to see. And as he t- took what you thought would be his final breath, he looked up into the sky and saw that the clouds were gathering. And, then he was and some people what would a, say it's a genius t- and perfect yes, just a, the way a, it is. A beautiful book. And then you have other people who are going to be pulling out their really strong magnifying magnifying glass. glasses right. to find out what the heck does it say <laughs> let me read this until i possibly can't read it anymore because <laughs> you know i'm there turning up the volume <laughs> trying to keep it at a stable volume as it fades out uh-huh. and then forget about it and then the next song starts and i have permanent hearing damage <laughs> why do loud sounds call hear cause hearing damage where like if you read super large type your eyes are fine it's not fair. In fact, your eyes are probably better off reading the super large That's type true. rather Less than... Strain. Yeah, right. Exactly. Catch up with the times, ears. <laughs> well, or we maybe ho- we just need to bow to the eye's superiority. Oh, that's true. They figured it out. Yeah. Better than the ears did. Yeah. I should, right. so we should stop talking poorly about our ears because if they ever stop working, this <laughs> podcast is going to suffer a lot. <laughs> That's true. All right. So we're not going to make selections this episode. We're going to do kind of like we did with Vault Disc 1 unintentionally. We're going to do with this episode intentionally. So we're not going to make any selections. Normally, we would choose a time capsule. Right. Something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. We would choose a C, the low point, or and a mountain, not or, and a mountain, the high point. But because we've only talked about a little more than half the disc, we're going to save our selections That's right. for the next episode. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it was a good relief to not have to pick a C for an episode. It's like we got to break your rules for this yeah. episode. That's right. And it's delightful. <laughs> yeah, well, don't get used to it, buddy. I know. This is like a, a one-off special. Th- that's right. That's right. Because after like a, that... It's like a nighttime episode of The Price is Right. You just don't see it very often. <laughs> that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody dresses up fancy and, you know... They have better prizes. We don't have better prizes. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't have better prizes. No. So what we can tell you is next time we're going to cover the second half of 1999 Super Deluxe Edition Vault Disc 2. That'll include Can't Stop This Feeling I Got, Do Yourself a Favor, Don't Let Him Fool You, Teacher Teacher, and then the live studio demo of Lady Cab Driver, I Want to Be Your Lover, Head, little red corvette that was recorded as a go-by for the 1999 tour by prince himself very cool very cool okay so we'll bring that to you next time and the next episode is where we're going to make selections for this whole disc two the whole disc two so thanks for listening we know we don't just come on the radio that you make a choice when you listen to us and we so appreciate it do tell a friend you know you have a purple friend who'd enjoy listening to us tell them about us because it's way more fun when you can talk to your friends about prince and about our podcast it's way more fun to listen to it when you can talk to somebody about it and say can you believe that josh thinks it says i know instead of ya know not think knows positivity yeah have you had your plus signs today i have i had plenty okay i'm so positive <laughs> that he says i know yeah i know You're do wrong. a little clip here again let him hear it again <laughs> Let us know what you think. (laughs) All right. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.